Hello, bonjour, and salam alaikum. Welcome to Stand Out from the Crowd, the first live podcast dedicated to no BS leadership. So if you like us, tell your friends and your colleagues to go over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and to give us a five-star review because listen, we are worth it. And the stories that we share on this podcast are amazing. Don't you think so? I hope so. <laughs> so building a legacy is a powerful motivator for many people. And as a leader, leaving a great legacy is arguably the most powerful thing you can do in your career and life because it enables you to have a positive influence even after you are out of the picture yourself. Our standout guest today, Kayla Isabel, is the CEO of Startup Canada and has dedicated her career, her life to supporting entrepreneurs. During our conversation, we are going to discuss her journey to becoming an impactful leader countrywide and beyond. So please help me welcome Kayla to the Stand Up Podcast. How are you doing, Kayla? I'm great. I'm like soaking up the sunshine. I'm enjoying the summer months here in Ottawa. Uh, and we're just back from uh, a cross Canada tour in Whitehorse, Halifax and Vancouver. So feeling nice wow. and rested after a very busy last month. Wow. So all across Canada and we're going to talk about it. So what I like to ask first to all the guests on the Stand Up podcast is if I were to ask your loved ones, what would be the three words that they would say about you? Oh, I love that question. Um, I would say that I'm very energetic, <laughs> like yeah. energetic or bubbly, um, passionate, and committed to lots of different things. Oh, so tell us about commitment. Commitment, I feel, is very important, but also very hard. And I do believe there is a connection between your passion and the commitment. Once you have found your passion, it is much more easier to commit to it on a daily basis. And so you can see the impact. You can see, you can grow something out of nothing over the weeks, months, years, and so on. So tell us a little bit about, you know, this notion of commitment. What does it represent to you? I feel like in, in every chapter and in every part of my life, I'm always trying to like sit front seat in, in my experience and trying to be committed to um, learning as much as I can, to going all in on if that's a job or a relationship or a friendship or um, a new hobby. Um, I really try to give everything my all. So I, maybe it's more of like a commitment to fully experiencing everything in my life. Um, sometimes that's bad. Sometimes I'm committed in the wrong direction <laughs> and that's a little painful. Um, but yeah, just trying to make the most of everything and knowing that like what you put, more energy you put into something, the more you're going to get out of it. So I try to be as committed as possible to see what I actually like. That's, that's very true. And at least, you know, if you don't like it, or if there is not the outcome that you were expecting from your commitment, at least you know, you know, I feel like I would rather try something and fail or dislike it or even hate it, but at least I know, right? Exactly. exactly. It makes that's a big that's difference. Why I like I love being around entrepreneurs just for that reason, right? They're trying, they're constantly trying new things, try like experimenting all the time. And not everybody's like that, right? Some people want a very specific linear path, and no mm -hmm. disruptions, no string. Uh, and I'm definitely the opposite. I like trying and having as many life experiences as possible. So now a question about your early influences. Can you share a story from your childhood or early life that had a significant impact on your decision to become a leader? Ooh, 
this is a good question. Um, I guess like one of the, that's interesting that this just popped into my mind was around like the barriers to being a woman leader or like perceived um, hurdles that I might go into as going into business. Um, and, And I remember very vividly when I was like six or seven, my family and I had moved to a new town um, in Ridgewood, New Jersey. If anybody is from the U.S., I grew up in the States. Um, and in our neighborhood, there was this particular cliff. There was this sort of beautiful um, neighborhood that had these massive houses. And um, you could see it right from the center of town. And I was about, yeah, I think I was six or seven at the time when we first moved in. Um, and we were walking through the neighborhood with a friend and uh, he pointed up to that area and I was like, Kayla, you know how you're going to be successful in life. You need to marry a man who's going to buy you one of those houses up there on this cliff. And I was like, what are you talking? I sort of looked at him and my dad said, no, no. She's going to buy that house herself. Exactly. <laughs> that was like very, very formative to me that my parents never questioned or commented on me being a woman in leadership or my potential inability to get to wherever I wanted to be. It was 100% Kayla's going to figure out what she wants to do. She's going to excel at it and she's going to be able to buy that house herself or she's going to be able to stand on that stage or get that job or get that promotion. Um, My parents had always instilled this like extreme level of confidence in me um, and never put this message in my mind that I needed a man to get to that that point also assuming that I was going to be marrying a man or you know just in men as well um that was all out the table or out the window uh so yeah a lot of assumption there uh, I, I can't tell <laughs> yeah um who were your role models growing up did you have any and if yes who were they I would say my dad, I've mentioned uh, earlier, he is an entrepreneur, um, also incredible business leader, um, and just the most um, intense man I've ever met in my entire life. He does okay. Ironman, he does marathons, like whatever he does, he does a hundred bazillion percent. Um, in contrast with my mom, who is fun and playful and very vibrant. And I feel like I'm a a very blended product of the two of them, which I really appreciate. Um, They, they've been important role models. Um, I would say a lot of my friends that don't work in my space as well have been role models to me. And that's sort of evolved over time. Friends of mine that pursued arts or, you know, theater or much more creative avenues. Um, and those that went into like medicine or something that I don't really touch in my day to day. It's always helpful to me to, to see their experiences, what challenges they face on a daily basis, because they're so different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's great through lines in experience that we all have just as people in the working world. Um but there's, there hasn't really, I don't really have like a celebrity role model or one like major okay. person that I've always looked up to. Um, Adele, maybe, <laughs> just on the music ability side, she comes to mind. Why not? Listen, um, oh, yeah. you know, Adele, I mean, she was a single mom and she went through yeah. a lot before, like, you know, blowing up and building this wonderful, amazing and international career. So there is a lot beyond her amazing voice that we can learn from and be inspired uh, when it comes to to Adele, so that's not a bad choice. Yeah, yeah. And you know, let me tell you something. I don't think because I ask the question every time, but even I don't think that I have a celebrity or a specific role models outside yeah. of you know my family or the people around me. So yeah, I can relate to that one. Cool. So you have dedicated today. We are talking about you know building a career legacy, 
and you have dedicated your career to supporting entrepreneurs. So I would like to know what inspired you, you know, to focus on entrepreneurs first and how did you get started? I love that question. So, and it's, and it's all over the place. It's like a big pile of spaghetti <laughs> trying to understand how I even end up, ended up in this, this role in this career. Um, but it started in 2019. Um, I essentially uprooted my life, left Ottawa for a little while and moved to Tanzania. Um, I wanted to work in tourism. Um, I wanted to learn Swahili and live somewhere in Africa for a little while. Um, and so I ultimately landed a job with the Tanzania Tourism Board in East Africa, helping entrepreneurs build businesses, communication strategies and plans. My background was in consulting before that. Um, and that was probably the most powerful catalyst for my passion for entrepreneurs. I was seeing everything turned into a business. You know, you'd be stopped at a stoplight and an entrepreneur would come up and start washing your car because <laughs> you had nowhere else to go and finding these like micro moments to monetize and to find really creative ways to um, bring money into their families. And, you know, with many, many households that are multi-generational, massive families. So the stakes are high when you're trying to be creative and find ways to make money. Um, and that like, dedication and that like creative hustle um, really inspired me. It gave me a lot of perspective as well as to what we had in Canada to be grateful mm -hmm. for. So after traveling for about nine months that year, um, I came back and through, you know, a connection of a connection of a connection, uh, met my predecessor, Victoria Lennox, um, who was hiring at the time for a manager level at Startup Canada. Um, and essentially I met her in the next week I was working at Startup Canada. It was very fast and furious. <laughs> Um, and then I navigated into the CEO role March 1st, 2020. Um, and then the world exploded after that, which was definitely unexpected. But it's always been this, this attraction to problem solving and just being a doer. Like I've always had that energy. I've always had this like entrepreneurial spirit, even though I haven't necessarily built a business myself. Um, and always wanting to do different things across different industries. I get bored incredibly easily. So entrepreneurship is one of the only spaces where I get to do a little bit of clean tech and a little bit of food and bev and fundraising and team strategy. And there's so many different elements of my job. Um, that is only uh, amplified by the ideas and the inspiration that I get every day from talking to founders. Um, so it's a beautiful blend of inspiration. And actually, I believe, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur gives you the privilege to be doing so many things, as you said, you know, without people questioning if you are crazy or not. <laughs> <laughs> they might tell you that you're crazy. They sometimes will still share that feedback. Yeah, but you know, that goes along with entrepreneurship. So, you know, that's okay. That's fine. Totally. Um, when starting out your, your career, so you you mentioned, you know, going to, uh, to Tanzania for nine months and then, you know, coming back and and starting at, at uh, Startup Canada. Prior to that, you were a consultant. Um, um, I would like to know when starting out your career, did you have a clear objective in mind? Mm. And, and you know, what are some of the, what is the thing that you wish you knew back then that would have maybe, you know, changed the trajectory of your, uh, of your prof professional growth? I love that question. Um, I think the, I don't know if anything would have changed per se, um, but at the beginning of my career, I wanted to be a guidance counselor. <laughs> and I still feel like I'm kind of a guidance counselor in some ways, just guiding not you know middle school kids, but uh, you know guiding businesses into their next direction. Um, and I think that's important. You might mm -hmm. be focused on a specific job 
but taking that title away and getting to the root of like, what is it about that role that actually inspires you and attracts you to that type of line of work? So if I, I unpacked why I wanted to be a guidance counselor, I wanted a role that was deeply social, where I could show up empathetically for people um, and really help them one-on-one -on -one, um, and make a difference in their lives. Um, I wanted to um, you know, hold space for the mental health of people around my network. That's been super important to me ever since middle school and high school. Um, I've, I've suffered losses of many people in my life from suicide. And that, that is a through line that I always want to be able to be that touch point and that support for people that might be struggling. So if I take that and those essential ingredients, that's what I do every day as CEO of Startup Canada. I'm supporting mm -hmm. founders. I'm showing up for my team and their mental health in really challenging moments. Um, and I'm trying to be a problem solver and, and use those social skills to help them advance their goals. Um, so if there was a piece of advice that could have helped me get somewhere in a different direction, I don't think there's, I don't have any regrets. Like I don't feel like there's something that I missed. If anything, I wish I had developed a confidence in the beginning stages of my career that what's for you is not going to pass you. You're constantly yeah. thinking that the next right step has to be this perfect carved out, you know, linear path that then is going to bring you to the next exact step that you're forecasting. You have no idea what is ahead of you. Mm -hmm. The pandemic taught us that. Uh, but even in your career, I didn't even know what Startup Canada was in, you know, September 2019. And then September or October 2019, I started working there. Like it's, you have no idea what relationships are going to unfold, what organizations are going to come into your life. Um, and that's the beauty of it. It kind of takes away some of the responsibility that you have to have every single thing mapped out. When yeah. you let the universe throw things your way and you respond to it authentically, that's going to bring you into the next direction um, and bring you one step further to what might be this great, incredible future you have no idea you're even getting ready for. It's about trusting the process. Totally. Totally. You know, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's exactly, exactly. It's a journey. But I feel like until I reached my mid-30s, mm. I didn't understand what it was about, or I even didn't understand the concept. Probably I wasn't even aware of yeah. it, you know, that it is a journey. It is your journey, and you have to embrace it. And everything that happen, uh, that happens in your journey is meant to help you build something or you know welcoming something that is for you but we don't know that and we don't teach that in school right we don't know we don't know what we don't know and what we do when we don't know we stress we are anxious and you know there is a lot of things self-doubt starts to to kicking and all those things but yes it is a journey and you have to learn to embrace it and to trust the process 100 percent uh, I would like to welcome uh, our beautiful people here. Uh, Ahmed is joining from uh, Africa. Uh, Robert, I know, is joining as well from uh, Houston in the US. Ursula uh, says, really great to be able to recall childhood moments that helped one becoming what we are today. I'm taking a lot of strength from this. Hmm. You know, it's about doing an, an introspection. Sometimes, you know, it can be that simple, one of, the, one of that simple, one of two questions. And then, you know, it, it allows you to think back and to reflect and to realize, you know, what shaped you, the big moments in your life and how far you have come. Very important. We don't do that enough. Agreed. And we're always moving so damn fast. <laughs> like, right? like I, I'm talking fast. I'm doing so much stuff. Like taking moments of pause um, to really do that deep reflection. It makes everything so much richer because you're fully experiencing every part of um, your day to day. And that's such a powerful tool. 
So, Kayla, you have been awarded multiple times, and I will just mention the, the most recent. You have been re re awarded the 2022 Top 40 and the 40 recognition by the Ottawa Business Journal and Ottawa Board of Trade. You have been also uh, an award finalist for the 2022 RBC's uh, Canadian Woman Entrepreneur. That's great. I love that. I love when I see women being rewarded and recognized for the work and the impact that they are doing. So first of all, let me tell you, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now my question is, what's happening in your mind? What's your thought process when you get such recognition? Is it like, okay, you know, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right step. I need to focus. I need to pursue that that journey. Is it give, does it give you like this confidence, this self confidence? Maybe you know, does it boost confidence? I know this question may sound you know cliche, but I'm asking you this question because I know a lot of people are chasing awards, right? Because to them, getting awards is the ultimate recognition. When at I personally believe this is great to have it, but that shouldn't be a goal in itself, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, what does it go through your mind when you receive such recognition? This is an awesome question because I feel like we don't actually talk about awards. We talk about, you know, people win awards. It's in their bios. And, you know, we, we yes. constantly come back to these things, but what do they actually mean? Um, and for me, the first two years of my leadership journey at startup um, was during the pandemic, March 1st, kick things off. I had to unplug every single program. The whole organization was on fire, same way so many companies were. And I spent every waking moment focusing on this company. I did not sleep. I was eating terribly. My mental health was thrown out the window. I've never been more depressed. Like it was a terrible time of feeling mm -hmm. this imposter syndrome and feeling this sense of overwhelm that like, how am I possibly going to get out of this situation? And I'm very candid about talking about the extreme um, uh, experiences around my mental health that, that I had during that time. So after going through that and getting to the other side, scaling Startup Canada, tripling our team, bringing in dozens of new partners, bringing in lots of new fundraised, you know, sponsors and all this great stuff, my board was like, Kayla, you have to take a moment to like give yourself a pat on the back. Like what you have done here is incredible. Um, and you're so in the weeds of it. You need a moment to celebrate. And so that's what I think I applied for my first award or I was nominated actually externally by somebody else. And I got this recognition via email like, hey, Kayla, you were nominated for I think it was like a women of influence award or women in, in leadership award. Uh, and I was like, well, it's not a nice, warm and fussy. <laughs> just, I was like, that put a little... And that actually meant more to me than even winning it, that somebody had taken the time to say, hey, I'm going to nominate Kayla for this mm -hmm. hidden work that she's been doing in the background. Because I was very, I wasn't on podcasts. I wasn't speaking at external events. Like you didn't see my face anywhere. I was just in behind uh, behind the entire business. Um, and then I actually won. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that's really nice. And it was this like, huh like this exhale of somebody noticed, like this is so, obviously my board was so, so um, incredible and supportive behind the scenes with me. My team knew what was I, what I was going through, but I was trying to save face every day being like, team, we've got this, we're hustling through. And then I would go, you know, burst into tears every day <laughs> with my complete sense of overwhelm. Oh, wow. So after winning that first one, that was like kind of coming out of the darkness and seeing a little bit of light and being like, wow, 
okay, someone is not just seeing the value of my leadership, but the impact that I'm now able to make after these transformations that I brought to the organization. Um, and then from there, it actually was way easier to then just be nominated for all these other awards. Like that's the pattern that I see often um, is once you win one or two, then you're an easy pick for some other organization to say, oh, she's already great. And she's been sort of vetted and it fuels itself. So now you look at my roster and I think I won like six or seven awards in the last year. Mm -hmm. That's not because I've done six or seven interesting things. It's the like momentum um, of this continued impact and this growth and this energy that I've been building from those dark moments into the light. Um, and what I would love to see is more diversity actually in the people mm. that win awards. I've won plenty of awards like this. That's great. My, my cup is full. Um, how can I now be nominating other women and other leaders within my organization, in my network, and use this platform and this recognition that I have to now push other people forward that have been doing incredible work in the background. Um, you see it a lot in nonprofits, in charities, um, in really resource-strapped organizations. They don't have time to be filling out a 10-page application with all of their, you know, all these different elements. It takes a tremendous amount of time to apply for awards. Um, so trying to see ways that we can um, recognize those that might not be nominating themselves and that energy fuels transformation and seeing diverse leadership. Uh, but I mean, it's always great to get a little bit of a pat on the back of and to course. go fight Nella. <laughs> of course, of course. And, and I love the way now that you have received all of these awards, you want to give back, right? Mm -hmm. And this is really what impact leadership. This is what building a legacy is about because yeah. You will impact one, two, three people. You know, to have an impact and to build a legacy, you don't have to, to impact like thousands, millions of people. If that's something you want to do, that's great. But, you know, by nominating one person, you are maybe giving her or him that boost of confidence, that, that little thing that this person needed and that, that can change his or her entire perspective. So this is what making an impact is about, really. Agreed. Agreed. So you mentioned uh, a couple of times uh, Startup Canada. So since launching in 2012, if my numbers are correct, and I believe they are, uh, Startup Canada's programming has directly supported more than 300,000 entrepreneurs and 50 grassroots startup community organizations. So tell us more about this ecosystem that has been built uh, with uh, Startup Canada. Yeah, it started very grassroots. So in 2012, it was very much a cross Canada tour meeting founders saying, hey, what do you need? Because uh, entrepreneurship was not nearly as sexy 10 years ago as it is now. People are looking at these incredible, you know, unicorn companies and all this great innovation and these great ideas coming. 10 years ago, people were not looking at entrepreneurship as like a viable, um, impressive career option necessarily. Um, so with that energy at the beginning of saying, how do we actually make Canada a really competitive country? How do we showcase the incredible talent and the ideas and the founders that are coming from um, the nation and scaling internationally and keeping them in Canada as well, right? We don't want everyone just going down to Silicon Valley and bringing this, this great energy um, nice. to the States. So that's where things started. Um, we have done a number of different programs. We had awards, we had export programming. Uh, we would do a lot of work on the Hill in Parliament and, and doing advocacy. Uh, but during the pandemic, we realized a lot of the support that was required were foundational building blocks for founders. How do mm -hmm. I get incorporated? How do I build my website? How do I find discounts to uh, you know, build my bookkeeping software or, or to build a website, that, those types of things. Um, and so Startup Canada has really been focused on being a convener and bringing together 
private sector, incubators, accelerators, mentorship programs, charities, nonprofits, government. There's so many different stakeholders in this community. Our goal is to put them all under one umbrella and help an aspiring entrepreneur find the right resource for them. So it's very much efficiency over just building mm -hmm. more programming. Mm -hmm. um, and what, how we've been doing that lately is both online. We've got lots of free programs for women identifying founders, for those that want to go global. Uh, we still do advocacy work. Uh, but this year we've introduced a cross Canada tour. So we're essentially going from coast to coast to coast to coast to coast over and over again um, and bringing all of those organizations under one umbrella, like a UPS. So you can get 50% off on all of your shipments for your business, um, financial institutions, programs that might have an early stage incubation program. Um, and then allowing you to go meet and network with those folks and hear from founders that might be a few steps ahead of you so you can learn some of the things maybe to avoid or some great opportunities. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's really just gathering everybody, making it more efficient so you're not Googling your way to like, how do I start a business? Um, and then amplifying the incredible stories of businesses that are actually making a real impact in Canada. Mm -hmm. You know, being an entrepreneur myself and having use some of Startup Canada's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, resources, okay. uh, I must say, and I know how overwhelming it can be at the beginning when, you know, it's so much time consuming to find the right people, look for the right information. There are like so many things, but not everything is good for you. You know, it's time consuming. It's uh, energy consuming. And sometimes that can be discouraging. So I, I, I really uh, genuinely uh, find that, you know, having the smartness to bring all of this together in one place for entrepreneurs to ensure that entrepreneurs you know have a strong base to be successful entrepreneurs is 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 wonderful sure. now and there is a lot of things that are being done in in canada to support entrepreneurs sure. still when we look at the data and when we look at the studies um it is reported that 90 percent of startups fail right and and i'm wondering Based on your experience and all the entrepreneurs that you have supported, and I know many of the entrepreneurs you have supported, startups you have supported, are highly successful startup and entrepreneurs. I know that. I have seen. <laughs> so I can talk about it. Uh, but what, what do you think is the most important skills and qualities that entrepreneurs need to develop in the beginning in order to succeed? That's a great question. And with with that stat, it's challenging because a traditional tech startup is going to have such a different journey than a side hustle that potentially turns into a small business that does not want to scale and wants to be a brick and mortar in their local town and hire local employees and be a particular thing. Um, so one part of this conversation that I find is always so important is to recognize not every entrepreneur wants to build the next unicorn in this behemoth of an entity. Um, some want to keep things small, but also a lot of people still want to build you know, big, big companies too. And let's not assume that women in particular just want to build these small lifestyle businesses because that's sure. also not true. Um, I would say competitive advantage and really understanding the market that you're sitting in. Um, I talk to a lot of founders. I'm a judge in a lot of pitch competitions. I, I'm constantly having these conversations. Um, and if founders are ever coming into that, that room saying, there's no competitor in my field. I'm the only one. I'm the you know revolutionary no, idea. No, no, no. You haven't done your homework. If that's, that's your answer. No. Exactly. And so that 
Um, and, and I get where it comes from, right? You want to be positioning yourself as this really incredible thing and um, that you want to set yourself apart. But um, being honest, being humble, being well-researched and coming in with really thoughtful, um, unique value proposition elements. That is so important in the beginning of that business. Um, and if you are going into a saturated space, you know, every conversation you're going into, someone's going to say, well, the beauty and wellness industry is very saturated. What makes your business different? Like you can expect all these different questions that are constantly going to get probed. So being aware of that. Um, I'd say the, the qualities of the actual entrepreneur, the resourcefulness, being a problem solver, being adaptable, um, and ultimately leveraging your superpower and your unique um, ability here, which is speed. Like that is the, the key driver of a startup is being able to fail fast, fail quickly, um, and be able to make those mistakes early so that you can get to what is going to be the fantastic product at the end of, of that journey. Um, not holding on to ideas, being able to let them go when they're not mm -hmm. working. Um, that's something I think all of us in every organization need to get more comfortable with. Like mm -hmm. something is not going your way. It's okay to let it go. It's okay to change your mind in life and do something different. It's okay to change your business model. Uh, but the longer we hold on to the things that are hurting us, the longer that process is going to be and the more painful it's going to be later on. True. Very true. And we are getting to the end of the interview already. And I think I feel like we could talk like all day long. <laughs> uh, building a legacy is a powerful motivator for, for many people. What lessons have you learned in your career that has shaped the legacy that you want to build? Mm. I would like, I, I think of my legacy being more of like a feeling than a thing. Like, it's not like I would, I wouldn't describe my, my ideal legacy to be like transforming the entrepreneurship ecosystem or something that's attached to my role, like leaving people feeling like they have been heard and that I've got their back. Like that's sort of the legacy that I try to build every day. Um, and lessons that I've learned through that process is that you can't light yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Like ultimately I can't be all things to all people as much as I try. Um, I learned that the hard way during the pandemic of absorbing all of the experiences of people around me and compromising myself and really throwing my own mental health out the window. Um, and just, an unshakable confidence that you're going to figure it out. You have total control around your attitude. You might not have the experience. You might not have um, the financing or the funding or, or the subject matter expertise, but you can control how you show up, the energy you bring into every mm -hmm. room. Um, and that's a really powerful thing that a lot of people underestimate. It's something that I was always insecure about with my age in particular, that people are going to notice how young I am in these, you know, C-suite rooms, et cetera. Like, that's my superpower and the energy. If I come in prepared, I come in with great questions, et cetera, that's going to be memorable. Not just the fact that I was a young CEO, which is also hella impressive. And we should be very yeah, proud of ourselves. It is. <laughs> but yeah, not lighting yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Um, knowing that what's for you is not going to pass you again. It's been such a through line. Um, and just being open to the possibilities, right? Don't hold on too tightly uh, to anything right? Nothing's a guarantee. We don't deserve anything in this life. You know, we're lucky to have what we have um, mm -hmm. and being comfortable with not knowing what the future is. That's a part of, but it's the part of the beautiful part of, of life just constantly unfolding in front of us. And, and and you said it, you know, it's it's not something, it's a feeling. Yeah. People won't remember what you say, but they will remember how you make them feel. 100%. And I think this is a powerful legacy to live because, you know, when it comes to emotions, once you enter someone's heart because of something you said, because of something you did, it's there forever. And again, this is really what 
building a legacy and what leadership leadership impact is about. Wow. What a conversation, Kayla. Amazing. <laughs> I can keep chatting forever. This is great. So thank you so much for being a standout guest today. That was amazing. I will see you next week for another live episode of Stand Out from the Crowd. And in the meantime, you take care and you stay safe. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.